Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and today, pretty sure I have this right today, it is Monday. It is January 1st of a brand new year of 2024. I know, deep breath, boys and girls. Here we go. So I wanted to say, you know, I haven't checked in with you most much this last week because I have been down and out with terrible, you know, migraine and nausea. It doesn't usually last a whole week, but ugh, I have been very out of it. So I apologize. I didn't get an official welcome to the new year. Happy new year message out before today or tomorrow, whenever this gets loaded up. But you don't want me talking to you when I don't feel good. So with that, it is a brand new year. It is a brand new day. And we are on the brink of what I think most of us can agree in an unprecedented year in our personal experience. You know, we weren't around for the past, so who knows, you know, what would happen uh, to other people in these unprecedented types of years. And so uh, we're going to do something today. Uh, I am going to post a video kind of lecture I listened to just as a lark. Uh, you know, I like to have something kind of moving around in the, or listening in the background while I do my journaling as a way to kind of uh, fill up the chatter so I can focus a little more clearly. And, you know, I'm tired of all the yelling and screaming about what's happening, about what I don't want. You've heard me opining about that quite a bit. Uh, and this was fascinating because uh, I am not a person that's into astrology. I actually sort of clicked on this to, to listen to how two women share ideas because I'm trying to shift uh, into a more feminine way of being in the world. And, you know, the male masculine way is to yell and scream about your opinion. But what was fascinating while I was listening to this, they had a uh, some... Uh, not flashcards, but, you know, they had some uh, graphics up with words. And and I kept catching these words that were exactly what I just happened to be writing about at that moment or have been thinking about especially intensely this last month. And, you know, I was laughing at this idea of the synchronicity. And, you know, synchronicity is a word that comes up when we think that we've magically created a moment uh, and we're, we're having a special look how I, you know, when I listen to other people talk about it, oftentimes it's like, oh, look what I manifested. I'm so fabulous. You know, I managed this moment of synchronicity. Therefore, you know, I am highly spiritual. And it really, to me, synchronicity is when you're moving in alignment with your values and who you are, you are bringing in uh, experiences that match that. And, you know, we get stressed out when we have things that are, quote unquote, matching what we believe we don't want. But I don't know how to move forward in the world without having some kind of comparison, right? We have this idea that's becoming more and more verbal in our information world of polarity. Uh, and you hear me talking about that. You know, I've reduced it to wanted and unwanted. And to me, that simplifies it because that is our experience. You know, yin and yang, that's exactly what it is. We've always had this basic premise, rule, experience of polarity. Uh, we're just starting to verbalize it in a way where I think a lot of people are talking about it. And uh, I happened to hear a way to express it that really crystallized for me is that because a lot of where I'm at is nonverbal. It's very difficult for me to share things I can't verbalize. And 
you know, the, the nervous system is polarity. It's uh, what I want and what I don't want. You know, the sympathetic responds to what I don't want. The parasympathetic is happy in what it does want. And it's the battle homeostasis between the two. And uh, it is a polarity system. And it is a communication system of these ideas within our entire body. And it integrates everything. And that's why I like it, because it's a powerful feedback system that I spoke to in the last podcast about what we want and what we don't want and how we can manage that. And that, you know, we're not in this world to have a perfect life. We're here to experience want and not want and sort things out. And what was brought up that I hadn't thought about before is the heart, the heart system is not a polarity. It's a un. it's one mono, it's not two. And I sort of clicked that part of this human spirit transition through the heart is when we can let go of looking at the world polarity wise as right or wrong, positive or negative, light or dark, all these things we use to judge and discern, and you can step back and see through the heart, both the good and the evil, so to speak, then that's when you move into this next nervous system, which is the heart is the nervous system. It has its own nervous electromagnetic field. It's the most powerful organ. Uh, It's not the brain. Uh, You know, I've mentioned that the mind, as we are connected to spirit, isn't even in the brain. You know, the brain is sort of like the operating system for uh, information, you know, through the nervous system. And so, Uh, We are very uh, intellectual, mental in many, many ways, but that's a very masculine energy. And we must have that to function in the world. It's, you know, you can have all the heart in the world, but you still need food, shelter, and water. And that's a, a mental, physical process. So when I speak about the heart, I don't mean in that la-la way. Uh, It goes to what I was speaking to in the last podcast. It's who we are that we create a world in which we have food, shelter, water that benefits in a win-win way. It's not a scorched earth, conquer, control, penalizing way and or hierarchical way. And there's all this science that supports this. There's all this ancestral ideas that support this. So I'm not saying anything that's rocket science or new, but what I'm observing in myself this last month Uh, And as I'm thinking about how I want to move forward is this difficulty in making these shifts. And that was the two women were talking exactly about that. And they were looking at astrology uh, sort of personally, but mostly it was how the planets are creating uh, energy patterns that will explain a lot of what's going on with us collectively, you know, interplanetary, not causing it, but reflecting back a lot of these processes. And it was so in alignment with all these thoughts I've been having and what I'm hearing, you know, other people that I respect saying. And and I thought, you know, it's fascinating to me uh, that all these different ideas are coming down in a thousand different ways and how we have the ability to tap into the way that best resonates or fits with us. And, you know, part of where I have been just like whiplash and struggle is trying to find a new way to do it when the real answer for me is a new way to be it and allow the synchronicity to pull in a lot of the other stuff 
that I haven't been able to physically align with because I really wasn't sure about certain details. And I've really kind of been able to clarify that this last month, you know, while I've been sort of sorting through a lot of ideas and I've been talking to people and just sort of reframing, you know, how I want to move forward uh, as we wind down. And, and, you know, that was what the point of the last podcast was, is to not focus on what goals you wanted to create, but who do you want to be moving forward? And probably the simplest way I can describe that uh, is, you know, so much of what we are doing is, uh, you know, in our head and in our hands. So we're thinking, we're opinionating, we're analyzing, we're strategizing because we're afraid for our survival. Uh, You know, we're freaked out by what's going on out in the world and we want to go do, right? How do I fight it off? How do I uh, prepare? What do I need to build? What do I need to buy? Who do I need to connect with? Uh, And I have tried all those things and I'm not happy with how I feel. I'm not, I don't want to land there because I've done enough of it all that I know it doesn't hold any kind of real solution or answer for me. Uh, And all I'm seeing is us getting stuck in our head and our hands. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, I wonder if that's what this migraine's about. It's like I'm stuck in my head and I don't want to be in my head. And when I'm have terrible migraines like this, all I can do is just sit and try to not throw up. I can't think about anything. I can't do anything. I just have to sit and try to not throw up and wait for it to pass because, you know, there's only so much you can do to deal with these sinus migraines that I get. And as I was listening you know, to them, and it's what I've been thinking about, they kept talking right about breathing and grounding. You know, the best way to get through these next processes are breathing and grounding, which, of course, you know, you've heard me talk about forever. But the energy of a breath is really push-pull-pause. It's the energy of the universe, breathing in, breathing out, pause. Inhale, which would be pull. Exhale, which would be push. Stillness would be pause. And when we connect our feet to the ground or any part of our body to the ground, we are discharging what we don't want to make space for what we do want. And I was trying to explain my whole push-pull-pause to somebody, and they just weren't getting it. But it's so simple. And we're moving into, you know, ever-increasing complexity of, you know, things like the, I listened to this gal talk about the nervous system. And while it was infinitely fascinating, right, it just made my eyes want to cross. And it's still, that's part of our process is how do we fix? How do we solve? How do, how do we stop what we don't want? And while I thought about how I want to move into 2024 and my future is I want to stop talking about doing, and I really want to figure out how to share being, meaning uh, I don't want to be in the left brain. I don't want to be logical. I don't want to be science-oriented. I want to shift into the heart and the feet, the breathing and the grounding. And, you know, I don't know how many of you guys have thought about this, but the word conspire, con with spire breath, to conspire with when two or more breathe together. And I thought, well, that's perfect. I want you to conspire with me as we anchor our heart energy and our love and our strength into the earth to not 
lose it as we move into this period of time that is more and more unstable. And that's going to be true whether you're wired for danger or not. It's just a matter of what it looks like and feels like within you. And I've never been, you know, a la-la person where I'm just going to fantasize that I'll magically think there's be peace and the world won't unfold. I don't see that at all. When I say, you know, moving into peace for me is incredibly uh, powerful and takes a lot of strength and focus. And it's taken me a long time to sort out the wanted and the unwanted to understand what peace actually means. And to me, peace is the realm of the feminine. I mean, you can have it within you, but you know, when men are peaceful, they tend to be very feminine. And when uh, women are into justice, they tend to be masculine. And so, you know, I think, you know, peace and justice are kind of the polarities. And I feel like, you know, the masculine energy needs to move back into justice And that is a place where logic and reason need to live. You don't need to be emotional in the justice system because we're witnessing that with these insane women and men making these decisions that are all emotional based. But you cannot intellectualize peace. Peace is a state of being. It's not a thing that you can make happen. It's something that you choose to be. Justice is more mental and intellectual and analytical. And so that's the masculine. And so I'm seeing all these ideas that I've been thinking about for 30 plus years kind of coalesce. And so my goal for this year is to move forward into sharing kind of this, how do I want to be, not what do I want to do? And I know that doesn't align Uh, with some of why you guys listen or what your personal values and goals are. And one of the things, you know, that I've been trying to understand is uh, how to connect uh, because it's been clear, you know, I don't fit into any community that I've been able to find uh, and I don't connect with most people. And so that's been one of my questions. And that's one of my goals this year is I want to connect with others around this wired for danger idea. But I don't know how to do it because what I've been hearing from at least women, I think the male Wire for Danger community is very connected. They're band of brothers. Uh, you know, they connect around uh, martial arts or guns or survival or, you know, the boys club is very defined. But as women, especially Wire for Danger women, we don't fit into those groups and they don't really meet all of our needs But I think for women in general, it's very difficult because we put prioritization around our relationships, whether we are mission or relationship focused. You know, I had this thing with the dogs the other day where this, you know, guy was walking and his dog was uncomfortable with their energy. And so I had him on the leash and like for 45 minutes, they were yanking me around. I was so exhausted and my whole left side hurt so badly because it was difficult for me to talk to him and still manage, you know, their energy. And it was first thing in the morning and it's when they're the most hyper. And the last thing, you know, they want to do is stand around and talk. And so it was just a bad thing. But, but I left that realizing, you know, I'm hostage to my dogs right now because they can't function in hardly any environment because I'm alone all the time. So it's fine when it's just me and them, but they can't be alone, you know, in the truck without him going ballistic or, 
in public, you know, without them both going ballistic. And she has fully entered her new alert system process these last few weeks. I swear, right when I listened to that dog video, she just like must have listened to because now she's all about alerting me to every noise and sound or visual. So, you know, I'm in this point where I'm like prisoner to my dogs and I can't even connect with other people because I don't have anywhere to put them. Uh, You know, I don't have any way to contain them where they can be patient long enough for me to do anything, you know, that's not short term. So it's just something that needs to be addressed. But, you know, being by myself all the time, you know, I haven't really had, I've got them dealt with one-on-one. I don't have them dealt with being out in the world. And, you know, to move forward, to connect with others, I have to figure out, because I think I couldn't do a workshop or I couldn't do a a phone call or anything because they're just out of control when I'm not attending to them. And I think for women, that's what we do. We put our relationships in front and we uh, use up most of our time and energy, you know, taking care of ourselves, taking care of our family, taking care of our house, taking care of if we have to earn a living, cleaning up after everybody, cooking, you know, doing all of this stuff and it's not that, you know, men maybe aren't doing all of these same things, but I think there's a loneliness isolation issue with men also, because all this stuff is very time consuming. Uh, but for a priority, I think as women, we don't value connecting as groups of women as much as we value putting our energy into our responsibilities first. Now, that may or may not resonate with you, but I don't know anybody that pretty much isn't doing that unless they're, you know, extremely narcissistic. And that's a whole conversation we're not going to have here. But, you know, we're just trying to do the right thing. And life is a lot of work and it's very demanding. And, you know, part of this conversation about, uh, you know, what are we in a world of yelling and screaming? You know, how do we seek out people? How do we seek out ideas? And, uh, you know, one of the things, the two things that kept coming up is, you know, people, men and women, we seek ideas and information based on a problem we want to solve. And you hear me keep saying, you know, life isn't about the problem, it's about who we are. But we still don't understand it that way. And when I was listening to people who are working, with, especially with women in their body work or therapy, is there was a real lack of self-awareness. And for somebody who's hyper self-aware, and I think a lot about it and I process a lot about it, it's me, I forget, you know, that not everybody sits around and does this. And uh, so self-awareness is a big thing. And without self-awareness, we really cannot connect or be in community with people. And I was witness to that. You know, I've been in multiple environments now for over 12 years of different types of people and different kinds of self-awareness and different values and different systems and different points of focus. And, you know, when the church went away, that was a value system. That was a a, a social system. It was a support system. And, you know, once we lost the church as kind of the grounding component of the community, I think we've sort of been in free fall ever since. And I'm not saying the church is the way to go, but I am saying that without some form that we can collect around, especially as women, uh, we are going to be unconnected. 
And so that's something, you know, that I'm interested in. And, you know, a lot of that connecting a community is around safety. And that was the other thing I kept hearing from people working with women is they have to feel safe. And it occurs to me, I am not safe. I am not warm and fuzzy. I am not uh, gentle. I'm not, you know, unless something really bad is going on, I'm not usually in my feminine energy. I'm in my masculine problem-solving energy. And, uh, and I'm not uh, empowering of people's victimization unless there's like a real problem happening. And so, and I'm not consistent because, you know, I'm all over the place with ideas and I'm always exploring and I'm creating different formats. And so the essence of who I am is not attractive to other women because I'm not safe and I'm not comforting. So that's something I need to look at. So I'm sharing that as a way maybe for you to think about uh, what's interesting to you and thinking about how you want to be connected. Are you someone who practices self-awareness? That's the journaling process. Are you someone who's exploring your own personal safety issues? And that's the nervous system issue because it's all defense. It's all fear, pushing against something, running away from something, freezing up in something. Uh, And most of us are moving through the world seeking comfort and safety. And as I was listening to the women talk about this, I thought, I don't move through the world seeking comfort and safety. I move through through the world pushing against it, which of course is wildly unattractive to those seeking comfort and safety. So these are just some of the ideas that I have been pondering. And I was fascinated to listen to this astrological projection of this year about how these are the energies exactly being that we're being asked to look at. And so my goal, you know, this year is to really shift focus. And I don't have a way to do that. That's why it's a question. That's why it's a uh, challenge to... Uh, to not just keep defaulting into what's comfortable for me, sitting here and talking with a podcast to you. Uh, You know, as I was walking, it was beautiful this morning. The sunrise was mostly clouds and it was so intense. And I, you know, once my little camera died uh, and then having the two dogs yanking on me, my whole capacity, you know, to take pictures and, and share with you, especially my morning walks, has been gone for years now. And, you know, how can I deal with that? Because, you know, you're missing out on the best parts. And, uh, you know, I want to share the good parts. I don't want to just share the intellectualization. All right, the dogs are officially activating. Wow, we've already walked, so they're, they're ready to go out. I'm waiting for the sun because we are now in a, let's just get up and walk in the dark in the morning, which I don't enjoy. So, deep breath. And, uh, and I liked this idea of, you know, thinking about pulling the breath through the heart and grounding it through the feet as a state of being powerful and strong and ready, not, you know, running around with our hair on fire, screaming about everything that we're afraid of, things that we can't control because, uh, you know, as I'm listening, it's like, this is just the time. This is the time for these things to happen. And everybody's trying to tell you what's going to happen so you know what to do. And nobody knows because everybody can't be right and everybody can't be wrong. And the only thing I can hear 
that's consistent is that it's going to be uncomfortable and probably unwanted. And the best way to move through an unwanted experience is to be connected with people that you value, people that you trust with practices like breathing and grounding that help stabilize you and creating your own haven, your own form of comfort and safety. So when I say, you know, I'm not into comfort and safety, I'm not into it as a lifestyle, but I'm definitely into it as a system for me and the dogs. You know, I like our little comforts and safeties processes, you know, that I, that I take with us. So uh, let's see what else. So, and, and probably the last thing that I want to uh, talk about that I want to shift, uh, and who knows, you know, next week what I'll tell you because you know how I am, but I'm trying to stay focused. I'm trying to really take ownership of a tiny corner of our collective experience. Uh, who do I want to be and how do I want to be in the world? Uh, and allow the synchronicity of that to... Uh, attract what I want to experience because all the ways I've tried to do it have not been effective. I don't fit in. Uh, you know, I'm too tired. I can't physically do the homesteading. I can't physically do the survival. It's too uncomfortable to do the survival off-grid at high altitudes. Uh, you know, there's all these things I've tried my hardest to find how to do in the world to be safe, uh, none of them work. And so now, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm totally in the wrong place at the wrong time with no skill set and no water, right? All the things that we are so sure about survival. Uh, and it's really scary. Uh, but all I can do is decide who I want to be within that. And so it was really helpful to be reminded one, it's not just me, it's happening to all of us. And it's not even about us. We're just here to be part of this process. <sighs> the dogs are needing attention. Uh, but I think the last thing I really want to probably put forward as the uh, the big picture, the you know the larger component to all the tiny things you know I want to do with you and myself uh, in this coming year, hopefully, <laughs> is I want to shift away from why we create generational trauma. Uh, you know, I've talked about this before. I've been hearing like these big, tough Navy SEAL guys, these uber warriors, right, who are definitely wired for danger. You know, they're sitting around talking about their feelings and how they need to heal from generational trauma. Uh, you know, they're having the awareness that their experiences as children created trauma. I haven't heard them connect who they've chosen to be out in the world is creating a lot of trauma for everybody else. Uh, you can't go out and kill other people and not think you're not contributing to trauma. Just because you might not be traumatized by blowing other people up, they're traumatized. You haven't ended the generational cycle of trauma by healing you. That's only one step. We also have to understand how to end this creation of generational trauma by using violence and division and hate and anger and all these things we do to conquer as a way to solve problems. And, uh, you know, even in the best of circumstances, there has always been some version of 
you know, there's no food or water. I'm going to go take your land from you and enslave you because I need food and water. And, you know, there's lots of situations that don't have simple answers. It takes a more sophisticated approach of responsibility and win-win situations to shift from it doesn't matter what happens to you as long as I'm okay to how can we both come out of this better. And, you know, the grand irony is the universe, the earth, everything, our creativity, our imagination, our true human spirit, that's our natural state. Uh, You know, why I have been fascinated with this Wired for Danger piece is like, how can I have all this intense violence within me or be part of this chaotic stream frequency and still talk about things like peace and love and happiness and joy. And and because it's necessary, you still have to deal with danger. You know, danger is real. You know, the, the flood, you know, the tree falls down, the drought comes. So I'm not saying that we enter into a world in which there's no bad things that are unwanted. But that's what Real Wired for Danger can help with, is how do we deal with normal danger and stop being so afraid of every little discomfort as something to be afraid of. And instead of building fear and la-la land to be protected, you know, in our little tiny space of comfort, how do we build strength and confidence in the face of what is normal danger? What's not normal danger is pedophilia and rape and murder and violence that hurts for the sake of hurting. You know, none of this other stuff that is the real trauma, the intentional causing of pain from one human to an animal or an environment because I'm hurt, so therefore I'm going to hurt you, that requires healing. But facing danger requires strength and confidence. And so I think, you know, one of the ways I want to talk about this in a different way is is that we must shift, right, from this creating general generational trauma by understanding that we're telling ourselves we're just doing it to be safe and comfortable to how do we create a generational wisdom? And what, because I, I was, one of the things that came up, you know, while I was listening to people was this, uh, idea of, uh, I don't know if any of you are familiar with Greg Braden, but he did this really good talk where I thought, you know, that's the closest I've heard somebody explain things in the way I understand them. But he's been traveling the world this last year. And he, when he asked his audiences, uh, who wants the world to be a different place? You know, everybody raises their hand. But when he asks them, well, what do you want it to look like? Nobody has an idea. They have no vision. And I, was listening to him thinking, I'm this, I'm having that same conversation. I'm, you know, if I had a million dollars, I don't even know what I do and I don't know where I'd go. If I had control of everyone and everything, it doesn't matter what system I put in place to create, you know, the healthiest food and the best water and the most convenient and functional shelter. Human nature always tears it all apart. It just is who we are. And the problem isn't how to solve the problem. The problem is us, who we are. And so uh, this has just been, you know, it's something I've known 
since I can't remember, but I don't know what to do with it. Because like you, I'm like, I'm hungry. How am I going to feed myself? And, you know, we've created a world in which we're domesticated livestock. How are we all going to feed ourselves? And I went in search of these basic answers and, you know, realizing that that isn't the problem. The human spirit, the human imagination, the abundance of the earth. You know, there's enough money, there's enough food, there's enough water, there's enough space. We have everything in wild abundance to have fabulous human lives right now. And throughout all of recorded time, we never have. And that's always been my question. What is wrong with us? Why are we so hell-bent on our own destruction? And I don't have the the specific answers, but I can tell you the most important answer. It doesn't lie in fixing the problem or setting up the perfect utopia. The problem is what goes on within us and then how we create that around us. And uh, you know, I got the opportunity to watch uh, on YouTube if you want. It's the best movie. It's better in a big screen, but on YouTube it's free, although the commercials are jarring. Uh, and I've talked about it before. It's called The Finest Hour, and hours, plural. And, <clears throat> uh, and it's, I think it's 1952 or 54. It's before, uh, it's right after the war, but before, you know, craziness. And so it's still kind of a 1940s vibe, and people are still traditional and they're in Massachusetts and it's a young man. It's hard to remember. These guys were probably 1920 and uh, they're part of the Coast Guard and he's about to get married. Uh, He just has got a fiance, but, you know, he went into work and terrible, terrible storm. And this is a true story. came and two huge freighters literally broke in half. I mean, the odds of two breaking in half on the same night close to each other but that's what happened and the guy running the coast guard unit didn't know what he was doing and so he got the first crew he sent out to go help the ship that was further away and then the second one was spotted that was closer to them but all they had was this tiny little rescue ship with without a real official crew Uh, and you had to get past what's called the bar and the bar is a place where the sand shifts, and that's where you would die. You know, the the, the waves were too big. You know, the shifting, the, the sandbar shifts, so you don't know where you can get in and out. And so they're sent out pretty certain they're going to die because there's no way to get past the bar in this kind of weather. But he's a rule follower. He's also wired for danger, but he's a rule follower. And so he goes, and, you know, a couple people volunteer. For, there's four of them. Uh, and this is, you know, because of the visual of the storm, this is where the big screen, you really lose it when you like watch it on your phone. But anyways, he gets out, which is just, you know, heart wrenching. Uh, and he gets to half of the tanker who has its own massive set of issues of survival going on. And Within the tanker, you know, you see the ego captain who won't slow down. So that makes the shift crack in half. And you have the quiet guy who turns out to be the wired for danger guy who can problem solve under pressure. Uh, And then you have the guy who's creating havoc because he's in fear. And he's like, we have to do this. We have to do this. And that's wrong. And nothing will work. And you're blah, blah, blah. So everybody's little personalities are coming out when they're in fear. And that's why things go terribly wrong, because we don't, uh, 
put our faith in the problem solver guy. We don't do the right thing. We don't follow logic and reason. We're, we operate out of ego. We operate out of fear. We operate out of weakness. And then we've got a few people who are trying to help in the midst of it all. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, the fabulousness of this story is just the synchronicity, the the tiny decisions that everybody made along the way and how it all came together. And, you know, because you know that they're alive, there's a bit of a spoiler alert there, but the power and the intensity and the having to work together and the creativity and the, the willingness to fight the fear, because I, I, I don't think there's anything scarier to me than being in the ocean, you know, in terms, I'd rather be around a fire than big waves, but uh, that's a personal thing. You know, I have a personal fear of drowning. So, uh, but all this stuff and how it came together and how, what happened for them with less resources and more problems versus what happened to the other team with more resources and better problem solving tools. Uh, it's just such a powerful story because, you know, it's also a time when people had character and people could pull together to do things. It wasn't all about screaming and yelling their opinion and needing to be right and saying things like, well, I don't agree with blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it was it was just shut up and move regardless of what everybody else was saying. And, you know, how the, the heroes just kept moving forward, even though, uh, you know, everything else was kind of tearing at them, including nature and time and pressure and uh, problems. And we need all of us. We need all of us in all of our different ways of, uh, you know, the person navigating the wave and <clears throat> the person willing to hold the spotlight and knowing when to listen and when to follow and when to be quiet and when to step forward and to do the hard thing. And the irony behind all of this, and it's never been a question I think any of us can fully answer, is how can we be such amazing creatures as humans and so connected to this powerful spiritual force of God or whatever you want to call it and be blessed with every bit of abundance that's around us in the world and we still create trauma and starvation and abuse and destruction, and loss, and pain, and suffering. To me, that's always been the question. What the hell is wrong with us that we can have everything in all ways and at every level, and we still fuck it up? So I know it's knowing it doesn't mean anything. Doing it isn't enough. And so this year is my year to really shift. I'm going to try. I've said this every year my entire life, but we'll see how it goes, right? My goal this year is to shift into what does it mean to be this? And not just, you know, us here hiding out alone in the desert being weird because, you know, I'm not doing what other people are doing, but to figure out how to be it in public, not just private. I don't have any problems in my private world. I have a big problem transitioning it to my public world, you know, in how I speak and how I create and what's visual and what energy I share with others versus just here and shifting from my own little private world to a public world and sharing a story 
that isn't what should we do to survive? How do we understand why we don't survive? But how do we be in a world where we don't value survival? I mean, we are civilization by suicide by civilization. We always have been. So uh, I don't have the answers on what to do or where to go or what to buy or who to listen to or what's going to happen. But it's something I think that we can manage regardless of what's going on around us is how do I want to be? Do I want to be part of the problem or do I want to keep screaming about what's wrong with other people trying to offer things up? Or do I want to be strength in my heart through my feet so that I am steady in the storm? I am a haven in the storm. I am strength in the storm. Uh, these are This is where I make sense to myself, not fighting against the storm, creating trauma for everybody else. I'm the storm when everything else is calm. But when the storm is all around, that's when my calm comes out. I just haven't figured out how to translate that into the public. So that's really my goal, uh, shifting from head and hands, thinking and doing, to heart and feet, breathing in through the heart. So my question this year is, do you want to conspire with me as we shift from what to go out and do in the world and the problems to be solved to how can we be in the world by creating our own self-awareness, by understanding what safety means to us and our part in it through our nervous system. That is where we are here. So with that, like I said, this is usually the time of the month when I ask for support and I get, you know, this isn't going to be everybody's cup of tea. And who knows? I don't even know exactly, you know, what I'll be producing from this moment forward. But uh, if you get the time, listening to the astrological thing is fascinating just because it is so different than everybody yelling about what they're afraid is going to happen. It shows both sides. It shows how we can use the energy and the experiences to empower us, or we can use them to devolve and de, you know, become more in despair. That is our power. You know, we are free to choose who and how we want to be in the world. And I'm asking for those of you who are ready to kind of step into this next version of how we want to be in the world and through our heart and out the bottoms of our feet by stopping getting stuck in our head or thinking, you know, working with our hands will be enough. And can we connect through those ideas? Can we build a community from that place? I don't know. That's sort of my questions with you. All right. The dogs are officially ready to move. And I am so happy to be here with you. And happy new year. And deep breath, kids, because this is going to be a buckle up year for probably the rest of our lives, to be honest. I don't know how many of us are going to get out the other end of this into the next world that we want to create. But I believe powerfully in how much wisdom we all hold within us. And a lot of that wisdom is in our doing. Uh, and I hope you will find a way to share that with the, the people that you love around you too. So deep breath, my friends, and I will see you next time.